Welcome to the Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is a place that we can have meaningful conversation in a safe place. Yep. Meaningful. Yep. Meaningful today. Yep. Man, it's starting out rough. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> We're your hosts. <laughs> That's David. I'm James. We are starting uh, out rough. Yeah. David takes me on my way over here. He said, hey, stuck by a train. Going to be a little late. We get to his office. It is. He looks like a hoarder. He's got... <laughs> I'm a love hoarder. Yeah, it's just all this Valentine stuff from the uh, the the love conference over the weekend. Which, by the way, congratulations on that. It all went off really good. Yeah, man, I think so. I think so. Well, congratulations to you. Like yeah. you came in and yeah, scooped up all the prizes. I told you I was going to. Where's the thing? Yeah. <laughs> I've been saying it for a month. <laughs> I said, if I go, I'm winning the cruise. Oh, man. Not only the cruise, but you got the the massage that's for right, two. That's right. Although we ended up giving that to uh, to my brother. Okay. Uh, figured, you know, I got a cruise. Share the love. <laughs> Share the love. Okay. Man. Well, that's so awesome. We We're nice. That was Tara's idea, by the way. She's like, maybe we should give it to somebody. She's always the one. Maybe we should give some stuff away. That's always her. That's She's never my it. first thought. <laughs> my first thought is I was like, man, I got all this how stuff. How can I sell this? Yeah, how can I sell this? I don't know. I was going to use I was just going to use them both. But oh. She said, maybe we should give it to somebody. I said, ah, that's probably a good idea. We'll give it to You know, Steve and Carissa won the uh, dinner cruise out of uh, Kima. Oh, yeah. And they gave theirs away, too. They gave it away? Yeah, they gave it away, yeah. Jeez. So, Did uh, they win multiple things? No, no, They no. just don't like them. The, the, um, I don't know. He likes them because Steve and Chris is the one that come up with the yeah. the giveaways. Uh, they just thought, you know, feeling I guess since they were a part of the, the whole team that put this on, you know, that they, yeah. would, they didn't feel worthy or something. I don't know. I told them. Should have kept it. I would have went with y'all. Yeah. You know? Hey, I'll take a second cruise. Yeah. I'll take another one. So, what do you did you have you looked at cruises? I have looked at some. Okay. I think. Uh, well, okay. So once at the end of that service, after we won it, there was like four different couples that came up to us and was like, "Hey, congrats! <clears throat> hey, let us know when you're going because we might just come too." So anyway, I might try to. I'll probably try to coordinate with some people and be like, "Hey, if y'all really want to come." That'd be cool. When we going. Yeah. And uh, figure out a time. So, uh, I don't know. I looked at a few. Um, what I'm probably going to do is uh, book like a five-day one and just pay the difference. Yeah. Because it'll only be like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. So, that's probably what we're going to end up doing. But That's cool. We'll see. Yeah. They, there's a cruise coming up in August uh, that a bunch of pastors are going on, so yeah. I think we might hop on that once a five. He's going to preach five. to everybody. I don't know. I think we just, I don't, listen, I hope not. <laughs> you know, I, nah, now listen, I know that sounds terrible coming <laughs> yeah. from a pastor or whatever, <laughs> gonna... but like, come on, can we just go and fellowship, Yeah, you know, and have a good time? Kind of yeah. like this podcast. It's mm-hmm. just like, just have a good time, have some stuff out there for pastors to do that are not have to worry about ministry all the time. And Is it actually like a pastor's cruise or is it just like a bunch of pastors, you know? Yeah, just the, there, there's a, this guy that's kind of leading us up that okay. has a lot of connections from a bunch of pastors and he's like, hey, we're going on this cruise. Gotcha. Uh, but I think that like quite a few of his, you know, people he knows are going on it. Yeah. So, 
Um, yeah, it's still going to be a secular cruise. Nice. Um, but fun. we thought about doing the 3D Love Conference cruise. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of doing it here, just get everybody together. But to if do we do that, what am I going to win at the end of it? <laughs> you win. <laughs> coming home. I win. Coming, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. A lot of people was like, "Why don't we just do that instead?" I'm just like, "Hey, I'm I'm always down for vacation." I'm in. So, uh, but yeah, it was a good time. Uh, Trey and Amanda came in on Friday night and did an amazing. Uh, Pastor Keenan came in Saturday, mm-hmm. and uh, the third rate preacher came in on Sunday. Yeah, it just kind of went downhill. It <laughs> just went downhill from from Saturday. Just <laughs> no, 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 uh, that was good. He had a. If you if you didn't see it, the he had the stage. You know, David likes the themes and the props. He had all the yeah. well. It's all now. It's all in his office, I guess. It all is. the uh, it is all over. He had these fish all on the stage. The whole it was all underwater, aquatic, ocean themed. There's my seven foot shark over there, uh-huh. deflated. Yeah, it's not so. as scary anymore. <laughs> so as I was doing this, it reminded me, reminded me of our last podcast when y'all y'all wanted to be killer sharks and orcas, whales and man. stuff like that. Orcas. Yeah. Oh shit. my gosh. Okay. During your, <laughs> during, what was it you said? Oh man. When you were preaching, you said something about, uh, in the relationship, one person's the clam cause they clam up. The other one's a blowfish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you and were saying, like, I'm the shark. Dude, <laughs> you were saying it, you were saying the thing you got to, you said the clam part and Tara looks over at me. She goes, are you the clam? I think you might be the clam. <laughs> and I said, and I leaned over to her. I said, I'm the orca. <laughs> wrong i am the killer whale so if you're the clam is she the blowfish i don't know i told her i'm neither one i told her her there's a third option out there i don't know although i guess uh yeah if we had to pick one she'd probably be closer to the blowfish and i'd be closer to the clam that's interesting because she's so quiet and sweet yeah 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 you get see her we get home, she's just yelling at me, just <laughs> yeah. tearing me up, dude. Just. You know what's funny? I'm the clam, too, probably. As big yeah. as my personality is most of the time, I'm the clam in the relationship. Because for me, I'd rather just not fight about stuff and yeah. just, just whatever. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm also the the personality that, like, tomorrow I'm, I'm, I'm over it. Uh-huh. You know, I don't hold anything. Like, yeah. And that Sandra doesn't like that either. You know, because she's she's a female and she wants to talk it out and all that. I'm yeah. just like, why do I need to talk it out? I'm done with it. Like, it's, <laughs> I'm not even worried about it anymore, you know? Oh, I'm so happy. Tara is not the person to, uh, let's talk about it. We should talk for a long time. She's not that at all. She oh, is man. just as equally like, let's just get over this That's as good. me. When we first got fantastic. married, bro. I would like, I'm done talking about this. And uh-huh. I would go to the next room and then like five minutes later she comes in there. And she's just, I just got to talk about something. And <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm, you know, I'm not talking about it no more. <laughs> it's four o'clock in the morning. So I go to the next room and then I, you know, so I'm rotating rooms in the house. I'm trying to get, so then I go lay down <laughs> with the babies and like, okay, she can't come in here because she'll wake the babies up. You know, and she's just like, yeah, no, you got it. I would know. Now oh, it's pretty good. You're just trying to clam up. I mean, yeah, I'm just trying to clam she up. She just man. poking you. She is. She's she just, just poking trying, you. Trying to make me explode. Now I think I am. I would be closer to the clam because, because um, I'm similar to you in that I'm a little more outgoing and aggressive, I guess, with my personality. Um, but if you bring that into some kind of discussion or 
a fight or something, it just gets vicious. So I don't want to, yeah, you know, I don't want to rip her head off. That's how it was. <laughs> I was a very explosive. I, I used to be the blowfish, yeah. very much so. Uh-huh. Um, I was know, when I was a teenager. Yeah. But. Well, when we first got married, I would just let anybody and everybody have that. But that was just that whole street mentality, you know, coming in. But, uh, yeah, but the Lord worked on me and uh, yeah. really took all that aggress- aggressiveness. And now you're a dolphin, and now, now dolphin. I am King Orca. <laughs> Just <laughs> out here doing it. Oh, Devouring man. seals, doing it. Mm. Mm. My sister texted me the other day. You, she'll, she's gotten to where she's texting me during podcasts whenever she's listening to them. Which, okay. By the way, you can text me right now, Ryan. And just be like, hey, you're talking about me. It's crazy. When she was she texted me, she was just like, killer whale, really? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, and she, then she's Are you text, even a Christian? Yeah, and she's like, she's like, Flipper, the dolphin's name's Flipper. And I had to remember what the conversation was. That's the problem, yeah. right? Because sometimes but we I talk did. so it much. It took we, me a second. We forget okay. even what we were saying. Yeah. I heard a, a very popular um podcast and they were saying some stuff like that they're like we talk so much she's texting me right now oh that is so crazy i don't it, okay it's not about this it's but if, flip, it was, flipper, flipper. <laughs> if it was if it was this wouldn't even make sense she's like no i'm not i'm, I'm the clam <laughs> i'm sorry but uh they don't even realize what they're saying you know and most yeah. of the time they're you know just talking just to talk, you know, mm-hmm. just to fill airtime and stuff like that. So, Well, I I told you, you know, I that's not so much me. I get what I – like I, I know what I'm saying, but the thing is, you know, it won't come out till <laughs> – I'm sorry. <laughs> we just – David just took a sip of some coffee and made a very silly face. That hurt. I, it was hot? Yes. Okay, I didn't yes. know what – he was uncomfortable with yes. that coffee. Yeah, that was tough. Uh, but anyway, what – what will happen is people will, you know, will record something on Tuesday. It'll come out Thursday, and then people will listen to that episode two weeks later. Yeah, and then they'll see me a week after that and make a comment about some something I said for one minute in that episode that came out a month ago. Yeah, and be like, "Am I right?" They'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> they'll be like "Flipper, am I right?" And I'll be like, "What?" You know, with no context, we didn't bring it up yet. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be like, "Uh, what?" And it'll take me. Because we're supposed to be living in their uh, their current reality. Yeah. So it, yeah. you know, that was for me was two weeks ago, or whatever it is. Yeah. So it, I gotta, rem- I'll remember it if you bring it up. And you're like, yeah, I remember because y'all said that. Da, da, da. Like, oh yeah, I did say that a month ago. Yeah. You're right. But Luke always brings. So he'll watch, he'll listen to something that's really old or something like that and say something. I'm just like, I have no clue what you're talking about. What are we talking about? <laughs> you know, an episode. Da, da, da. I'm like, oh. Yeah, no. I'll remember. Yeah. But if you bring it up cold out of the blue like no context and you want to inside joke it i'm not i'm not gonna get the inside joke hey keep bringing them up though yeah which is great yeah keep bringing them up but i'm just i'm not gonna get it (laughs) you have to remind us where you're at though yeah tell me where you're at so everything's good you won the super bowl happened this past week the grammys happened who won the super bowl the kansas city won uh the chiefs okay with three seconds left in the field goal Really? Yeah. Oh, it was actually a good game. Pretty good game. Oh, wow. I don't. I mean, that's what I heard. I oh, you didn't went, watch it I went to bed about eight thirty. Wow. Um, you you left early to beat traffic. You're that guy. Well, I went to Adam and Victoria's. We had some wings, uh, and then halftime we went home and went to bed. 
Uh, just been a long weekend with the 3D and everything, so we were exhausted. I get it. Uh, Luke stayed up and watched it, <clears throat> but yeah. So Rihanna was on there. That was kind of weird. Um, she was. I still haven't seen that performance either. Flying around, lip singing in her red, yeah, jumpsuit. Pregnant. You didn't was, love it. Didn't love it. You didn't love it. Okay. It was. A, it was a letdown because. Is it because you hate women? Is it because? <laughs> is it because what? what well, is this it? is one thing. So Rihanna did a bunch of songs that she was just doing like like the the hook on mm, like yeah. she was seeing a drake song uh-huh. that she was just featuring on right you know what i mean like mm-hmm. so it was a bunch of those because those are the hits yeah. she has very few hits of her own but she has hits from drake and little wayne and, and different things like that so the, those are the popular ones so that's the one she sung so that was kind of weird um her out there dancing and stuff like that <clears throat> the way she was doing it pregnant was kind of weird for me too um you don't think pregnant women are beautiful is that i what do i saying? actually think pregnant women are very beautiful but yeah. i don't think they should be dancing at the halftime show dancing like strippers at the uh, yeah, yeah. you know at, at the halftime show i mean she probably uh i'm gonna guess she got that gig before she was pregnant and then, uh, you know, it's such a big gig. You're not going to just give it up. Yeah. And she had this, like, the way she was dressed, she had the zipper zip right up to the bottom of her belly. So her belly was kind of <laughs> sticking out. Like, she was, I, and she was proud of that she was pregnant yeah, and all that, yeah. you know? And, and I'm proud for her, too, you know? But, uh. Oh, my gosh. Okay. This is, different. you seen those, uh, people take these pregnancy photos. You seen these photos? This yeah, is yeah. a new fad. You know, just kind of like gender reveal things are a new thing that people are getting into. Everybody's into these pregnancy photos now. And uh, goodness gracious, uh, most of these photos, the girl's like, oh, I, I'm pregnant. I'm so beautiful. This is, let me, you know, show off my body because pregnancy is a, it's a miracle. This is, and all that, which is great. And then they'll just take off all their clothes. Oh, no. I and get no. these photos. So, no, by the way, I have not seen these. Yeah. And it'll I have be not like, seen these, Sonny. Like, I have not seen uh, women naked they'll be, pregnant. They'll be just like barely covered up at all and just, you know, pose, the head's back and the hair's flowing or whatever. And then in all these photos. And I'm just like, what is going on here? That's and crazy. then they just, and then the girls just show them to all their girlfriends. And the girls go, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. And I'm like, this is. It's porn. This is not. Well, it's not porn, but it's <laughs> – they're not 100% naked, but they're, you know, barely covered up at all. Or they don't have a shirt on, but, you know, they're they're turned Turn to the side, side yeah. and so the belly's out. Or yeah. so, and it's just – I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Just put some clothes on. Be beautiful. Be, let's celebrate. You're pre- that's great. Yeah. Can you do it with a shirt on? Do we have to – No, because like – Good, it's Tara showed me one of her friends. She was like, hey, what do you think of these photos? And I was like, what the heck is this? <laughs> is this okay that I'm is looking it t- at it? <laughs> what, is it? What is your friend doing? Put some clothes on. And they take their pe- – it's just what are you doing? No, what are you trying to do? I haven't seen those. Can't I thought you, you meant like the photos when you know they were taken – when they first got pregnant and then like two months later and then four months no, later. No, they're not like – I'm not talking, you know, they the, get the, the husband and they're out in the field of flowers yeah, yeah. and they're just like belly. hey we're yeah. pregnant and he's crazy no i'm talking like they hire they like they'll go to a photo shoot room and then the girl will take off her most of her clothes and she'll get in some weird position that she's never been in before put her <laughs> hand behind her head or something you I know a, and a, then they take the photos they put them in black and white and they 
saturated and they're like, isn't this amazing? I have a customer that part of his company, he's got a consulting company, but part of that consulting company is uh, they take pictures of husband and wives, but like in uh, a very risque, uh-huh. not not nude, but a very risque, mm-hmm. you know, around pools or whatever. Yeah, all that type photo. of stuff. Uh-huh. So. And well, you like those? No. No. I don't know. Other, Who are I, these photos for? Is what I'm saying. Like, I guess what, for each other, but like. If I was a lady, I got pregnant, what, what am I going to do with those photos? But this is my you send thing. them to your mom. You <laughs> send them to your grandma. You're saying, look at this. Isn't it amazing how I took my clothes off? Okay, but if I have these passionate photos with my, my, my wife or whatever, why do I want to look at me? Yeah, that's weird. You know? So, I don't know. Anyway, what about the why. Grammys? Have you seen the Grammys? Um, uh, no. Have you heard about the Grammys? I heard about the Sam Smith thing. Yeah, who is Sam Smith? Do you know? He's the guy that said, um, you say I'm crazy. You know this one? But you don't think I know what you've done. Keep going, I might get it. You call me baby. Here it is. You know what? That is so close to the song. We might get a, a you know strike. We might get a strike for you two. That is that is so close. We might get a, a you know YouTube the song. Strike. No. I, I <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure I nailed it. So that was spot on, Sam Smith, right there. Okay, so he's a devil worshiper. He's not. No, he's just a loser trying to get attention. He's nothing. It's not even a big deal. It's really dumb and stupid. That's what I think. It's the same stuff that people have been doing for – okay, first off, so everybody knows what we're talking about. He did something where he, like, put on – what was the name of the song? I, I think have it was, no idea. I haven't seen it. I, I just think heard the about song it. was called Unholy or something oh, like that. Was. That yes. was, like, the yes. theme. And yeah. I don't even know the song. But the whole theme, it was messing with those kind of ideas. And so they, choreog- they choreographed his performance or whatever to be all these, quote, unholy – it was very red and fiery. So, yeah, so type. he's like got little plastic devil horns on and stuff. Anyway, I didn't even watch the thing, but that's what I heard. And so then, you know, all the articles are, Sam Smith's going to turn our kids into devil worshipers. Yeah, yeah. Sam, that's you know, that's just, what I was reading. It's all the same stuff, but that's the same stuff that's been going on since, you know, play Led Zeppelin backwards. And it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's the same yeah. stuff. It comes out different artists every year or two. Well, it's it's... It's like history shows that, you know, kids are going to be the one that's going to go against the the current culture, the current political uh, stuff and all that. So, um, But Sam Smith, he's some loser. He had that song, right? Rolling Which was Stones actually was like the first people, to, you know, one of the first people to go against like the Rolling Stone magazine. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 they're writing, you know, articles. Yeah, you're just trying to be controversial so, yeah. so people will talk about you. So yeah. he had that song. That song came out like a decade ago or something like that. It was a decent song. Um, but he's uh, he got all diva and was like, I'm not playing that song anymore. I'm a real artist and I've got more to say. So he was all like that about So now he won't play his hit anymore. Um, he's got some other hits, but. They're not. That was the biggest one, the one that I totally nailed, by the way. Um, and so, anyway, totally. and then over the last few years, you know, he can't. He's people stopped talking about him, right? So now he he comes out as uh, 
He comes out as gay, but then gay is not really risque enough. So then he comes out as I think he came out as non-binary, and then he's and now he's like dressing all extra weird. And he just keeps like whatever the new current thing is. Let me get out there, get some people to talk to him. And so now he's going to the Grammys. He's like, okay, I'll put on a devil horns, <laughs> and uh, you know all the people's uh, is is he a devil worshiper? I don't know. And uh, it's just – it's stupid. It's the same thing has been going on for forever. He's just some loser trying to get people to talk about him. That's it. That's what I think about you, Sam Smith. For sure you're going to listen to this because once you hear about how I nailed that song, <laughs> you're going to say, I got to check it out. And then you're going to listen to me call you a loser for a while. You know, you know what I think is going to happen? Like shows like American Idol and, and uh, America's Got Talent, they're going to be seeking you out. Mm. They're going to hear this. That's probably true. On YouTube, and they're going to go, who is that guy? <clears throat> well, you know, I'm a winner. I win cruises, and I win contests, and uh, that's probably what will happen. I'll pro- they'll probably seek me out. I'll go on American Idol, and they'll I'll win. just do the one Sam Smith cover every time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crazy. <laughs> and, I'll, and they'll just, oh, American uh, Idol, who's on there? Katy Perry be like, oh, my gosh. Oh, I never did that voice. I never like, heard of it. <laughs> yeah. I never heard anything like that You make me crazy. Before. Yeah. yeah. I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what the judges uh, are these days. All they're, right. They're Let's jump right into Culture Corner. All right. I'll go ahead and start off. And I mentioned this during uh, my message on Sunday about this guy here in Texas that's having a um, he's getting a divorce with his wife and he's got a kid that's preteen that has decided that uh, that he no longer wants to be a he right he wants to be a she and uh, so he's battling this the- is the real issue you got to have with Sam Smith that's what not that he's worshiping Satan anyway go ahead continue <laughs> Um, so, uh, he's battling the attorney general's office about a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and, uh, I think was what the two crazy, the most crazy things about this is first of all, when he was talking about this, um, there's no appeals court in family court, which is totally crazy. So basically these judges can make whatever decision they want to make and you're stuck with it. Like there's no appeal. You don't get a second chance. There's, uh, if you get a corrupt, you know, judge, um, something like that, you're just done and you lose your kids or you have to pay $10 billion a, a month in child support or whatever it may be. Um, and the second thing that I thought was just absolutely nuts was uh, that the federal government is paying the Texas um uh, Attorney General's sixty-seven cents on the dollar when they give out a child support. So if they if I, if I had they give me a thousand dollars a month in child support, uh, so I, I'm the judge. I say you got to pay a thousand bucks every month. Yep, in the, child support. Then the federal government gives their attorney general's office six hundred and seventy-two dollars. So they're giving me yep. six seventy-two, and that goes towards your retirement. Mm-hmm. Wow, so that's a good deal for me. It is a good deal. It's also in your best interest to split up families. Yeah, it's in your best interest to give away as much child support as possible. They don't take into, um, they don't take in like how much money he makes or she makes. They just whatever one's paying, they tax as hard as they can, Mm -hmm. 
and and make it so I could make you if I was the husband and I was keeping the kids, I could make ten million dollars a year, and you can make a hundred thousand, and they're still going to penalize you, mm-hmm. you know, thirty forty percent of your salary, and I don't even need it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so stuff like that is just it was just eye opening to me when we when I started looking into things about marriage and and the how the culture is really set up to um destroy marriages and really destroy the covenant of of a marriage what what God had set up and ordained uh and uh it's just unbelievable the things that we are fighting against to keep relationships together uh, and I think the the other sad thing about that particular situation there is this mom has now moved her and her son to California to take on some of the more lenient laws yeah. um, to to uh, get this young this young boy uh, transitioned um, over to a female before he's even mature before he can even drink a beer before he can even serve in the military. You said he's fifteen, preteen, pre. So he's like thirteen, yeah, 12? 12, 13 years old. Yeah, the guy didn't the guy didn't say the age, but the way that he was talking about it and you know his schooling and stuff. I just picked up, it was like a, right there, 12, 13 years old. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, they say the front part of your, your brain, the something cortex. The frontal. <clears throat> the frontal cortex yeah. is not even fully developed in boys until you're 21. Um, I think it's 25. 25, something crazy like that. And then we're allowing them to make these type of decisions that are, are life-changing decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not like... Uh, changing the color of their hair or their dressing yeah. in, in clothes of the opposite sex. And, and, uh, and, you know, we believe however you want to believe on that, but this is actually making, you know, physical changes to bodies that that are not going to be able to uh, be changed back. So, um, yeah, it was tough. It was tough to listen to. It was tough for, for this guy. And, and, this guy's got a little bit of money, so he's able to do a lot of things that you know. Just say if, if it was me, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have a chance. You know, yeah. I would just go in there, and the attorney general would tell me one thing, and that would be it. And uh, I would lose lose my son, I would lose my wife, I would lose everything that I ever had, and um, it would it would be tough uh, tough on a father or a mother or something like that. So, um, just you know, when you're electing your 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 officials, think about stuff like that. You know, when I'm not telling you to vote one one side of the aisle or the other, but just think that when you vote, um, a lot of these things matter, especially when you vote local. Uh, everybody wants to vote for the the president or whatever, but a lot, a lot of that stuff is coming from the, the local government. Yeah, the one the votes that make the most difference are the uh, the local government the, ones. That's where sure. you can actually change the connection change, and those are the ones that I think are voted on the least. The least amount, <laughs> yeah. You know, and Sander does a good job of making sure that I get out and vote because I was the same way. I'd yeah. go out once, you know, once every four years and vote, and that, mm-hmm. that would be it. But uh, we live in a small community, so our community has less than a thousand people in it uh, in Cove, Texas, and she, so she makes me get out and vote for that stuff too. You yeah, know, yeah. so um, she wants our community to stay a certain way. The reason that we moved out there, and the only way to do that is make sure that we get out and vote for the people that we think that. Uh, that will definitely do, you know, uh, identify the way that we think and we believe. So, yeah. anyways, um, yeah. So, if you're out there, just <clears throat> be careful. Do what you can do. All right. Well, here's mine. You ready? Yep. <coughs> All right. Here's the title. It says, 
An American man with prostate cancer started speaking in an Irish accent in the third known case of cancer-related foreign accent syndrome. Oh, man, I love these things. Yeah. Well, it's not so good for him. I'm not, not for, I mean, like, unless his wife really loves the accent. I don't think she did. Actually, I don't <laughs> even know who she did. Hey, so here it is. It says, uh, uh, yeah, a rare form of prostate cancer came with an even rarer side effect, an Irish accent. As a new study published in January revealed, an unnamed American man in his 50s developed an Irish brog, I think that's how you say it, almost two years after his cancer diagnosis, despite having never been to Ireland. So, uh, so the dude gets cancer, gets prostate cancer. A couple years later, he starts speaking with an Irish accent. And uh, so... What if it was a good one? I don't know, man. Like they, uh, they were very confused because he's never been to Ireland. So uh, it goes on to say... It would be terrible if it was like a terrible accent. Oh, it probably was. I mean, Irish isn't the best. I mean, if you sound like McGregor, you know... Yeah, I mean... (laughs) 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 You know, it's fine. (laughs) Or he just sounds like a really bad American doing a bad accent. Yeah, you probably brought it in. Well, okay, so look, it says... um, it's important to note that FAS, uh, foreign accent syndrome, isn't exactly what it sounds like. Those afflicted with FAS aren't really talking in an accent per se. Rather, they are experiencing a neurological dysfunction that alters their speech patterns. To a listener, however, this change often sounds identifiably foreign. In this instance, the case happened to sound Irish. So they don't technically start talking with a insert country here, accent. They just, their brain gets messed up, so they talk different than they used to. And then it comes out sounding like different countries. What if you lived in New York, you started talking like a Texan? Yeah. That's, you could, hey, y'all. Happen. Yeah, it could happen. Exactly. Hold that door. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they said apparently, so apparently the way it happens is his body, he gets the cancer, and then his immune system starts attacking his body trying to get rid of the cancer but it ends up messing up some part of his brain Mm. and so yeah so because he got the cancer his immune system messed up some of his brain and gave him this accent and uh he the sad part of the story is he dies a couple years later um, from the cancer not from the accent (laughs) um and he had the accent until (laughs) until his last days um (laughs) And it said uh, in the article, it says, so this is super rare, right? So this doesn't happen very often. So uh, it said one of the most notable cases is <laughs> – give me that look, dude. <laughs> it says uh, there's this lady who's from um, – oh, gosh, where is she from? I'm trying to find it real quick. Nor- Nor- Norway, no. <laughs> She's from Norway. And so this happened right after World War II, right? So everybody, you know, fresh off the war, lots of tension still. She's from – she's Norwegian. She's uh, been Norwegian her whole life, speaking Norwegian fluently. And then she gets some cancer, and a couple years later, she starts speaking like a German. Hmm. So she's got a German accent now. That's not good though, right? No, because it's right after the war, yeah. and everybody hates Germany. Mm. And so she said uh, it was really – She's like, no, I'm Norwegian. Yeah, they're like, get it right. She's like, no, I am no. So she said uh, every all of the people in society would like treat her bad because she'd go into a store to buy something, and they'd, she'd sound German, and they would like kick her out of the store and be like, you can't buy that here. Mm. And uh, so and that went on for a long time. 
That accent that you just had was the best one. You liked that one? <laughs> you came by that here. They were also suffering from foreign accent syndrome, and it was uh, Atlanta ghetto. You came by that here. These different people. So that's a real thing going oh, on. Not a, not very common. I think we should quickly move on before <laughs> we appropriate every ethnicity. What? A- <laughs> What would you say my accent is? What would you call it? Which one? My <laughs> my normal speaking voice. What would you call it? I guess it would just be Southern. Is I mean, it's got some level of Southern. Yeah, Southern. But it's not, I don't think it would be. We don't hear it. I hear a little bit of it. Yeah, but like we don't hear what, like if you came down from like, you know, the Northeast or something would, would hear. Yeah. But would you say, okay, but if you brought somebody in here with a Southern accent like a southern bell you, you know what i'm talking yeah. about yeah i would i wouldn't sound near as southern no, as no, these no, people. No, so no. what would you call it or or from like an old farmer from atlanta georgia yeah yeah the uh the alabama the uh like mississippi that area of the south mm-hmm. is so much more southern so oh, yeah when you get right on the other side of the mississippi uh, it gets Ooh, real thick, real thick. Yeah, it's rough. I went on a cruise when I was like thirteen, and uh, you know they got the fancy dining rooms that mm-hmm. you can go to at the end of the night. Sometimes they'll have assigned seats, so your family is assigned to this table. Yeah. And so our seats, our family was assigned this big table with this other family uh, as a husband and wife, and I think they had three daughters, if I remember right, and they were from. I think they were from Georgia, but they were from somewhere in that area. And, uh, yeah, they had I – me, I remember sitting at that table being like, what? their accent, they have such a southern accent. Oh, yeah. I was going, I, I don't have any accent because that's, listen to these people. That's the southern accent that every movie tries to portray. Yeah. Like a southern accent is like Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, those, those cornfields out there, they got some – Rednecks over there. Did boy. you call the people cornfields? No, I think <laughs> the land. The guys, the, those cornfields have some really rednecks in them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're just offending everybody today. It's fine. They're, yeah, they're fine. Yeah, we're, yeah. Anyway, yeah, the you Irish know. speaking guy, he's gone. So it was just too bad. It is too bad. Yeah, because I'd like to meet. Him. <laughs> it would have been. No, I think. I think. I don't know. I mean. I, I think that we have some a pretty standard accent in Houston. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think because we're not too far out of the city, so we have a little bit of city slang ish. Mm-hmm. But we're in Texas, so we've got we say y'all, y'all and stuff. We've definitely got. So okay, let me ask you this: so as a business owner, when I text, oh man, I don't use y'all. Yeah, you can't. But I use it's not professional. I use you guys. Uh huh. But that's like a, such a northern thing to say is you guys. Mm-hmm. So when I meet these people, they're like, hey, where are you from? You know, I'm from the northeast, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, no, I'm from here. He goes, oh, yeah. you you said you you all or you guys. You've actually had people call you out on it? Yeah, when oh, I met them. That's I thought you were from up there, too. I'm just like, no, I just like it's a little bit better English than we speak down here. Uh-huh. And uh, they're like, oh, okay. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That's that happened twice, and, that, and they're both from like New England area uh, or in the northeast up there. So that's amazing. I yeah, love that. Yeah. Do you know which states are technically New England? No, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. 
I thought you was about to break it down for me. <laughs> no, because I forgot. Because one time I was serving some lady from... <laughs> I think they were from Vermont or somewhere up in there. And uh, and I said something like, oh, y'all from the New England area. And they got real offended real quick. Because apparently that's a common mistake is nobody knows uh, what is technically New England. And they broke it down for me. And they said, no, 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 this is New England, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. These other ones, these are not New England. And uh, they got real upset that I said that. But, the, you know, they were in the New England area, whatever. Yeah, that's what we say down here south. Whatever. Just northeast England. Yeah. Hey, so before we move on, um, I'm sitting here at the desk the other day, and Pastor Ron, your grandfather, walks by. He goes, Hey son, he goes. So I heard. I heard my grandson won that uh, that cruise, and I was just like, "Yes, sir." He goes, "Well, how did you do that?" I'm like, "How did how did I do what?" He goes, "How did you give away that cruise?" I was just like, "Well, I just got a Carnival Cruise uh, gift card." He goes, "No, but how did you do it?" <laughs> I think he was trying to figure out how he could get a free cruise. Yeah. <laughs> I like, said, uh, like, he want to know, like, how you handed it out? Or like, no, how I got a cruise. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. I was just like, oh, well, <laughs> Sandra and I just, we bought it. She, yeah. He goes, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to figure out. He, that wasn't he, an option in his mind. No, like, <laughs> how did you get it? <laughs> I guess he thought maybe I worked a deal with the cruise line to give yeah, it away yeah. for the conference or something uh-huh. like that. Uh, like you did with these Roadhouse peanuts here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That came a day late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that cruise is right on time, though, man. Oh, man. oh, my gosh. Me and Tara laughed about that the whole way home. It was so funny. Okay, me. so. It was so great. That's something we really need to talk about because we, we talked about this in a podcast <laughs> or two ago about. I know. I've been saying it for like a month. About y'all going on this trip, and then uh, you didn't want to go on that trip if you was going to miss this other oh, yeah. trip, and, and then, then we you missed both trips. Okay. All right, go ahead. I don't remember. I guess I did say it, because it, like, it sounds like I said it. Either we talked about it offline, or we talked about it on here. So my parents told me about the cruise that everybody just went on. They, they, told they just me, got back yeah, Sunday. They told me about this like a month ago. They said, hey, we're all going on this cruise. Really good deal on y'all that cruise, Yeah, too. good deal. Yeah. Y'all should come. And uh, looked it up. It was a good deal. It was a seven day cruise. It was going to be basically like a thousand bucks for two people, which is like five hundred bucks a person. And that's like a real, that's a nice room though. That's not even like an interior room. Was no, it? no, this one was an interior. Okay. The deal they were originally doing was more, and it was a good deal on. But those went out by the time okay, they looked okay, at. Okay. Anyway, they tell us about the cruise. I said, I said, okay, well, let me talk to Tara, see what's going on, and uh, I'll get back to you or whatever. So I tell Tara about this cruise. Say it's a good deal. It's basically going to be five hundred bucks a person. For seven days. It's still a great deal. Great deal. That's with taxes and everything, right? Yeah, like after yeah. taxes, tip included, after, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. It's like a thousand bucks for two people. And so I'm telling her this. I said, hey, I, uh, and she's kind of like iffy on cruises. She's only been on one. So, you know, but uh, she took the one and she was like, yeah, that's fun. I don't know if I'd pick a cruise. I think I'd, I'd, I'd probably like to just go to a place and stay in that one place for a week instead of kind being there for a day, then going somewhere that's else. That's kind of like me. But Which, you know, I get it. Yeah. You know, I, Anyway, that's a different conversation. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, so I tell her about the cruise. She goes, well, there's this thing called Inseca, which she's told me about for a couple years now. And this is the clay festival of all clay festivals, apparently. So uh, it's the biggest one. So if you're into ceramics at all, this is the one you go to every year. And it moves around every year. Uh, a couple years ago, it was in California, I think. 
Uh, this year it's going to be in Cincinnati, and uh, it's in March. And she goes, I'm going this year because she's been talking about maybe going – you know, for a couple of years now, she goes, this is the year we're going. I've talked to some friends. We get some friends together. We're going to go up there. Uh, you know, we'll rent out an Airbnb or something so it'll be more affordable, blah, 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 blah. We're going this year in March. And so I tell her about the cruise, said it's in February. Uh, and she goes, well, I'm definitely going to Inseca this year. And I know, you know, 500 bucks a person is a great deal, but that's still going to be kind of a lot because I'm definitely going on this trip to the Clay Festival in Cincinnati. <clears throat> like a month later. And uh, I said that, but she hasn't planned anything. She ain't booked nothing. You know, all she's done is texted her friends that said they're interested. And this has happened before where she's told me about, yeah, I'm talking to my friends. We're going to do this thing. And then it doesn't happen because the friends don't do anything. And next thing you know, it's a week before they're supposed to do the thing and nobody's booked anything. Mm-hmm. And, no, uh, I can't. You know what I mean? Mm. It doesn't get planned out. Yeah. And so she'll tell me about this stuff and I'll just be like, okay, well, you know, let me know. And it doesn't happen. So I'm thinking this is probably going to happen with this Nsika thing in Cincinnati. And so I tell her, I say, hey, it's totally cool if you want to go to Ohio instead of take the cruise. I'm totally in with that. Because I told her I'd go, you know, I would just, I probably wouldn't go to the festival, but I would just do, I'd hang out during the day and we could hang out at night, whatever. I don't think I've ever been to Cincinnati. It'd be fun, right? And so I said, I said, it's totally cool if you want to take that trip instead of the cruise. I said, but this is what I don't want to happen because I'd like to go on the cruise if we're not taking the other trip. I said, what I don't want to happen is us say, hey, we're not going on the cruise because we're going to do this trip in March and we don't think we can do both trips. And then nothing, nothing gets done for the March trip. And then we end up not going on either one of them. I said, that's what I don't want to happen. And long story short, that's exactly what happened. (laughs) (laughs) And so... I was I was kind of annoyed by it. I didn't really care. It wasn't that big a deal. But I was like, this is what I don't want to happen. She said, absolutely. I'm going to start calling people. And that's exactly what happened. So uh, that's why it's even better that we just won this cruise. Because she goes, man, you wanted to take a cruise. And now you still, like, now you're just giving a cruise. So that's right, Tara. <laughs> that's how it goes. We're going to go on a cruise now. So now we're gonna, we got one. So it's going to be great. But the whole, the whole ride home, we'd be talking about whatever. And then one of us would just start laughing and be like, I can't believe we just won that cruise. <laughs> <laughs> We've been joking about uh, how we're going to win for forever. That was funny, man. And then we talked about something. When you said that, when you said it, it was us, I was just like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I know everybody was. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's so great. What did you win last time? I won, uh, I won like three different things. We won, okay, we won that book. Yeah. Um, we won, I think we won some shirts, but we won... We won some kind of gift cards. I think we won one of the dinner date night movie things. Okay. I think we won one of those. Um, and we won another thing. I thought you won like one of the bigger ones too. We did. You? Yeah. Um, I can't remember what it was. It was some kind of gift card for something. Yeah. Though. I can't remember what it was though. But yeah, we won like three things that time. It was like every other prize. It was like, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then when you started winning again, I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> Caesar came up to me after the service. He goes, uh, he, he goes. You know, I know I talked to you, you know, years ago about maybe uh, doing a Sunday school class, like leading a class or something. And you said, "No, nah, I don't think that's my calling." And you know, I agree still, but uh, I think you might be a prophet, man. Because you've been, <laughs> you've been saying you're going to win that cruise for weeks. Uh, I said, "Yeah, dude." That's funny. I said, "That's fine with me. I'll just keep winning cruises in the name of Jesus." Just, <laughs> 
process. I didn't keep gambling in church. I just <laughs> hey, I didn't have to pay for the ticket. It's fine. Oh, man. Yeah, I was pumped about yeah, it. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Uh, all right, so uh, in the spirit of Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day, time you hear this will be a couple days ago, but people will be celebrating this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, we celebrated ours yesterday, and some people did it the weekend before when we did our 3D Love Conference. Um, so all you like holy, holy, holy Christians, hold on to your seatbelts <laughs> because I'm about to play Justin Bieber and Chance the Rapper, oh, Holy. sinners Don't think that I'll be a saint But I might go down to the river Cause the way that the sky opens up when we touch it, it's making me say that the way you hold me hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me Feel so holy, holy, holy Cause the way you hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me, hold me Feel so holy I don't do well with the drama And no, I can't stand it being fake No, 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 no I don't believe in Nirvana But the way that we love in the night gave me life, baby I can't explain it The way you hold me, hold me I'm a believer 
cross tween tween Hesse hit the Jets beat when they get messy go lefty like Lionel Messi let's take a trip and get the Vespas or in a jet ski I know the spots that got the best weed we going next week I wanna honor wanna honor you rise groom I'm my father's child I know when the son takes the first step the father's yes. proud if you make it to the water he'll part the clouds I know he made you a snack like Oscar proud suffer it to be so now gotta clean it up formalize the union and communion he could trust I know I ain't leaving you like I know he ain't leaving us I know we believe in God and I know God believes in us hey you folks all right yeah we're, we're good we're good where you guys heading uh um we don't really we don't really know so that <clears throat> that's holy Justin Bieber and chance the rapper um so is that a is that a is that like a, a relationship song or is that a, a, a gospel song about God? It's a relationship song. For, for sure. Because sure. Chance the Rapper was a little bit more of a, yeah, kind of a spiritual type deal there going on. But uh, Bieber was more of the relationship with him and his girl. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was a good song. Yeah. Um, I I would never say that about a Justin Bieber song in my twenties, um, but the more he's matured, I think that he make, he's been making better music now. In than your twenties, Justin Bieber wasn't even alive. Okay, just to be fair, my early thirties. Yeah, maybe <laughs> he might have been like nine. How old is Justin Bieber? He's not that old, man. He's hey like, Siri, he's, how old is Justin Bieber? He's probably the same age as me. You think I'm? I'm about to, tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm turning 29, so he's probably not 30 yet. He's 28. So right now, 28. Yeah. So gosh, I'm the best. In my this. 20s, he was eight, so he was not even found on YouTube yet. Dang right. it! Although he did pop off young. Yeah, but eight. Yeah, maybe he was he won eight. <clears throat> maybe like 12, right? Something like that. Yeah. <sighs> Dang it, I'm getting old. Anyway, yeah, no, that's like Chance the Rapper's shtick. He's always doing these like gospely things, just like tiptoeing in the water. But yeah, and not it's really like committing. half of it. You're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And then he'll be like, yo, I know the spot with the best weed. Yeah, and you're like, wait, what? It, yeah, yeah, and it won't quite. It it doesn't all connect. No. Yeah, yeah. All we can hope, you know, these guys are are not um, are just growing in their faith, right? And they're not just like playing with God. Um, so. But that's kind of like where I really want to go is this um, this uh, interview that was on uh, the uh, relevantmagazine.com. And it's, um, let's see who this guy is from the Barnum Group. And uh, he's the president of the Barnum Group, uh, David Kidman. And, uh, and he was saying that since the pandemic, there is a new interest uh, in a spiritual life. And it doesn't really, it's not really everybody's like uh, flocking to Jesus personally uh, himself, but just opening themselves up uh, spiritually. And uh, he thinks that there's an opportunity there for the church to be able to maybe kind of switch directions on the way that they're ministering online um, than we are currently. Uh, and he, he references, he references, uh, like pirating music, uh, the way that used to be. And then how Spotify came out and really kind of changed the way people consume music, Mm -hmm. um, to combat 
that part of it. And then maybe the church can take a look at um, kind of doing an online um, outreach type stuff really to kind of combat some of the things that are going on uh, where people are really out there looking for something spiritual in their life. Uh, so let's listen to this and then we'll just we'll talk about it. I feel like I've heard so many other reports that say that Christianity is on the decline and it's there's it's losing interest. But your report kind of shows that those are just sort of hearsay and that's not actually what's happening. Well, Christianity in some ways is on the decline, uh, but but the openness to spirituality isn't. And so it's a kind of a both end uh, and both things can be true at once. So, you know, activity in churches has declined overall in the last you know, 50 years and sort of identification as Christian, Christians has, has declined significantly. Um, but rumors of the demise of Christianity are much exaggerated because still, you know, tens of millions of Americans are active in their faith and active in Christianity. And there are pockets of resurgence, even so much as saying that like millennials and millennials of color are more likely to be attending church today than they were before the pandemic, uh, or at least engaged in a church in some fashion. So there's interesting kind of like ebbs and flows to social life and to spiritual life and how it gets expressed. And um, yeah, we're in a, I think like a very open moment um, where people are more open to God than we probably could have expected of them. But they're also uh, they're dealing with a lot of, um, of of questions. And, and you know, there's some still residual resentment and, and hurt that comes from many people towards the church. And um, so we have to kind of take all that into account. Like the openness to spirituality, I think so many people read that, specifically Christians read that as they're open to Christianity, but you're saying it's not just Christian faith, it's like any sort of religion, is that right? Yeah, and and remember that Americans, you know, appetite for deep things is really not very deep, uh, they're kind of a mile wide and an inch deep, so they're open to spirituality, they're open to God, they're, again, it's sort of shocking to me. Uh, having done this for so long that people are so open to the idea that there is a spiritual dimension to life, a supernatural dimension. Um, and uh, again, the fact that more than two out of every five Americans say they're more open to God than they were before the pandemic. Um, early on, the pandemic seemed to make very little difference to Americans' spiritual appetite. So it's only as the the, the crisis and the sort of the the series of things that have happened uh, to us economically and you know racial reckoning and political fragmentation um, and people sort of looked more squarely in the mirror over the last few years is you know we're coming on now three years since the pandemic began and um, they're almost like oh yeah I guess there are some things in my life I probably should take a second look at so they're open they're open to spirituality and Christianity could be a, a, a critical player in in answering I think the the, the deepest longings of our time. And that's what I think is, is a, a great opportunity for the church to step up and, and address those questions. But they're not just saying, Hey, you know, we really want to, we want to meet Jesus again. You know, I think there's some, there's a lot of different dimensions to that for, for people and how that's playing itself out. I feel like I've noticed that too, that um, it's not that they're, people want to just hear about the Bible, but like you said, like they want it to apply to their life in like a very tangible way. And I, I think underneath the surface of that too, there's 
good, healthy questions around what does it mean to be a member of the church? Why does the church still matter? And what does it mean to be, you know, in a after COVID, especially with all the hybrid or online worship or, you know, I actually think we are, you know, embodied physical people in the physical connection and community. If we are physically well enough to do that is, is important. But I also think that the church prior to COVID was um, unrealistic about the notion of what people were doing online, that, that there's a sort of, it's a big word, but a pedagogical revolution happening in our midst, how, how people learn, how they think about um, you know, what they, what they know, how they know it. And, um, this is a little theory I have that, you know, just like music piracy 15, 20 years ago, changed the way people accessed music. And, and finally enterprise and business had to come up with new systems to distribute music. Um, so we've had strict streaming and, you know, obviously iTunes sort of revolutionized the idea that you could, you could purchase, you know, even on a song by song basis. Um, rather than on an album basis, and um, and so there were business business solutions to the, the notion of, of of music piracy, but um, we have I think we're going through a period of what I call learning piracy that people can learn what they want when they want at a price they want, all, all of which is essentially for free. I mean, you can you can learn you can get a PhD in anything really if you just were intense enough. And people who are autodidacts, self self learners. It's the heyday for that because you can, you know, you can just go down any any rabbit hole on any topic, and and I think, you know, our digital age is now mediating knowledge. It's telling us what to learn. It's like the algorithms are picking the things that they think we're interested in, and and they're going to be far more accurate to our interests and our, you know, our um, our, our our sensibilities um, than you know the church could ever be. But the Holy Spirit is actually. A far more powerful algorithm you know it's like it, it actually knows us at the deepest level what not just what we want but also what we need and so i think i think there's some really fun things that could be on the horizon as we think about the church as a learning community not just a place to come and gather now I, i'm saying not just because i'm not saying that coming and gathering or you know physical or online worship are unimportant they're actually really critical but i actually think there's something in in and what I'm seeing in the data is like this new moment where we can come together to say the things that make us uniquely Christian in identity and practice, those are not just a, you know, a couple of sermons with, you know, acute alliteration of, you know, three words that start with the letter P, but that we actually have to learn together, um, you know, from, from a lot of Christian tradition and history and, and even just from, you know, the wisdom in the world that we can find and, and actually stitch together a better way of being human. And so I think that we're in an interesting era of learning piracy where, you know, I, I wonder how we can uh, make sense of, you know, the, the way, the way we should live as Christians in a, in a, in a, in a powerful, deep way that, you know, is not, is not uh, anti algorithms. Cause I think there's some actually some beautiful things we can learn online um but actually is is pro jesus being you know through and through at the center of all of the things that we learn and 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 the way we live our lives and orient our you know orient our aspirations all right so there's some definitely some interesting things there to talk about i think that uh one of the things that's uh coming out of some of these thoughts is something that we talked about on the last episode when we talked about the uh, the campaign he gets us 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's launched. I don't know if, if you watch the Super Bowl or not, um, but there was uh, multiple commercials on the Super Bowl about he gets us and reintroducing Jesus back to this culture because there is a draw back to a spiritual relationship not necessarily like he was talking about Jesus, um, but a draw there. And anytime there's a draw there, there's a um, there's an opportunity for the church. Um, and uh, one thing the church does that doesn't doesn't do well is uh, capitalize on current opportunities. We seem like we're just a little bit behind. Um, and I think that's, you know, with, uh, he gets us and, and that campaign, they're kind of leading, uh, you know, some things there that the church has not normally, uh, been able to do. Um, and you know, uh, the sad part about it was he was talking about that this culture is really not a deep culture, you know, we're mm-hmm. very wide, but very shallow. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I, I see that, um, but they're, but through those things, there is a draw, right? And then I think that if if you followed uh, Joe Rogan at all, um, you don't even have to listen to his uh, his podcast to kind of know Joe Rogan and where he stands on different different things. But just over the years, he's been very anti Christian, um, and then it went from very well. Uh, he went from very anti. Uh, religious establishment period mm-hmm. um and then kind of went from that to uh well you know uh christian things are a good thing to live off of they're a good thing but really is it you know is it a, is there a true god is there a, is jesus he don't believe in any of that but he thinks that society uh, is uh was built off of that and it's good for society but not necessarily true um to now him actually um making you know very slight you know comments about um you know maybe maybe there is something going on here uh i know that he really trusts jordan peterson and jordan peterson's been on his podcast a lot talking about uh, Jesus and, and the Bible and a lot of those things. So you can see even with the high profile people like that, the thought established religion at any kind was bad, you know, not true, shouldn't be dealt with to now coming around to something like that. Um, the culture follows that, mm-hmm. you know, they follow the, 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 the big guys that are doing these podcasts or, or, you know, they have, uh, the cultural influence and stuff. So you'll see the, uh, either he's following the culture or the culture following or they're moving together. Um, so I think that, uh, there's, there's an opportunity for the church. Now, the problem with this is most churches are a hundred people, right? And then, you know, and, and even if those hundred people are tithing and they make, you know, just say $40,000 a year, there's not a whole lot of income for us to really make a huge online impact in a lot of these areas. So we have to deal, uh, the problem is we have to deal with a lot of these larger churches. And so many times the larger churches are a little bit more um, uh, left-leaning sometimes, I would say. Um, that's probably not the best word for it. Um but they're a little bit more liberal. 
Um, and so a lot of their messages and a lot of their, you know, their, their focus on some of the online stuff is, is a, is a little bit more, uh, something that we probably wouldn't agree with or pastor Caesar definitely wouldn't agree with. Uh, um, but I, I, there is opportunity and that's the thing is how do you get from that opportunity, um, because we are living in this, like he's saying, that we're living in this information highway, right? Yeah. We're living in a time that you can learn uh, about anything and everything online. I was telling him in, in my message on Sunday, like, I learned the pole business by watching YouTube videos. Right. You know, I didn't know anything about it. I, here, I, here I owned a company that I didn't know anything about and learned it all on YouTube. So if you want to learn it, it's out there. And I think that you are seeing, finally, you are seeing a lot of good um, representations of Christians that are doing some good things on YouTube now, you know, that are they're putting some really good uh, content out there. This is the problem, though. Like, the world can... Um, they can put anything and everything. They can go on the Grammys and they can dress up like the devil and, and, and go ham and do all those things, you know, and, you know, and, and the rest of the world celebrates them. Then you have the the church that we have, you know, guys like Ruslan, Katie, that's doing some really good things. And we have a lot of these other content creators, Christian content creators. And then we'll, we'll let one thing like once saved, always saved, or, um, you know, or Calvinist or, or something like that, that will divide us and not let us to come together because we're, we're not clear on, on one aspect of Christianity, yeah. you know? And then instead of agreeing on the 90% and then just don't worry about the other 10%, uh, we focus on the 10% that we don't agree with and we let that become, um, you know, a, a roadblock for us not to be able to come together and create together and, and, and create a bigger footprint mm-hmm. um, because we're, we're, we're attacking it together instead of one little small piece at a time. And I think a lot of times that's, that's the church. And, and that's not saying that, not trying to say that your church is not anointed to be where it's at, but that's why you have so many churches um, because everybody wants to open up their own church because they want to do it their own way, yeah. you know, um, and and I think there's there's like a, there's a balance between trying to keep it all in one church. You know, some some people was just like we're we're better if we all stay in one church and grow this church and and everything's moving in the same direction, or having these smaller churches. I think there's value in smaller churches. There's value in bigger churches, um, but a lot of times we're opening churches because we want to do it our way instead of have a God ordain those things. Sure. Um, um, and then how do we fulfill those online needs? This is the the biggest thing. So we struggled with this after COVID in our church is trying to get the people back. Right. So a lot of these people left uh, because of COVID. We shut the church down. We had these issues, you know, worldwide. And now how do we get them back? So a lot of churches have shut their online presence down. They've quit live streaming. They've stopped, um, 
you know, doing a lot of the social media stuff to try to get them back in the church. My understanding is they're just going to flip the channel. Yeah. You know, if they're not coming back, it's because there's, there's some type of fear that's going on. There's some type of, you know, maybe there is some medical stuff that they're, they're really, they're scared of. I know we have a, a, um, a, a faithful, faithful, um, uh, member of our church that hasn't been back. He almost he almost died and was in a coma for uh, weeks uh, with COVID, and he's he's just not not coming out of his house, you know. And it's a sad deal. Um, but you know he's ninety years old. Yeah, you know. So I understand. Um, but there's so much stuff out there that if we stop online presence, they're just going to change the channel. You know, they're just going to, they're going to find the, the next guy um, that, that's doing it well, you know, yeah. and there's a lot of churches that are doing online ministry well. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's the challenge of, of the church right now is how do we do this? Um, and there's, there's companies out there that are, that will help, you know, I'm, I don't want to name any names because. I'm I'm going to talk a little bit bad about them, but I understand too. So there's you mean help like market your church marketing, yeah, like church market companies, okay. which is great, right? I mean, it's great that some of these 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 Christian people have these marketing backgrounds have now tried to uh, parlay that over into the the Christian side, but like we can't we can't hire a marketing company in our church. Like we can't afford that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, now, would we benefit from it? Yes. And 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 it's easy for me to say that we can't afford it um, because would it benefit us and would it bring more uh, income in so we could do more outreaches and we could do more online, have a bigger online presence? Probably. Yeah. But. When you have to pick of like hiring a marketing company to market your church to fulfill that that online footprint, or you could help a single mom that's struggling pay her bills or put food in her cabinet. That's the thing that you know churches these days are having to deal with. Yeah. You know, and I think that um, that those marketing companies are great, but they cost money. And I understand like they, they can't do it for free. They have to pay their bills too. Yeah. Uh, so it's just one of those things that most churches can't. And I, and I know a lot of them has, have tried to structure them around number of people in your church, mm-hmm. you know, and they've tried to do a good job with that, which helps. But with, with times like this, where marketing would be the best thing that we could do, but it's times like this that it's the things that you can't afford the most, right? Because giving's down, it, giving's down, you know, all across all uh, denominations right now because people are not coming in. The you know people are not working, uh, different things like that. So people are not giving. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are all the problems. Yeah. The 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 answers are the, the difficult part to come up with, right? Um, I mean, I guess so. I think, uh, I think like, especially with, um, with like paying for marketing or something like that. I mean, just like we said, I think he said it on the podcast too. Like if you want to learn something, you can learn it online pretty much for free these days. Yeah. You just said you 
bought a pool business and then learned it all yourself on YouTube. Right. You know, if we, if the church was like, we got to figure out marketing, that's what has to happen. Uh, there's no reason that you couldn't just have somebody take some online classes, watch some YouTube videos or whatever and figure it out yourself. Yeah. Um, I think it's just, you know, with everything you always, I just think you always got to say, you know, what, what is God's path for us? What is his will for us? What does he want us to do? If he wants you to focus on marketing, then he'll figure out a way for you, you know? Uh, and maybe that's hiring a company. He'll provide the money. Then maybe it's you doing it yourself. It's like, we, we always talk about here, you know, people come into the offices with an idea for something yeah. and we're just like, okay, cool. You should do that. Right. And, uh, I think we need more of that. I do like that. Um, on the, on the video he was talking about, um, he was talking about like, you know, times are changing and he was comparing it to, uh, streaming revolutionizing stuff. And he was talking about like trying to adapt to that. I love that attitude a lot more than things are changing. We got to, how are we going to keep up? Uh, things are changing. Therefore it's bad. Right. I like the attitude a lot more of things are changing. Okay. So what do we, let's adapt. Let's figure it out. You yeah. Know? I don't like the idea of like fighting, <clears throat> fighting against the change and trying to hold on to the way things were. Uh, I mean, I think there's a time and a place for that, but most of the time, Things are changing, you know, figure it out, yeah. adjust, adapt and overcome, all that kind of stuff. And the church is always like weird about that, right? Yeah, they're always weird because, you know, the church, I think inherently it's a traditional thing. So it's you want to stay the same to a certain extent, which because that's just like part of its identity is we have these beliefs. We got to stick to it, which is good. You know, you should stick to the beliefs. These are the Ten Commandments. There's a reason they're there. Yeah. This is what we're going to uphold. But so you need some level of. This is what we do. We're going to keep doing this. But obviously, you still got to be able to. But it's, it's, it's this for me, okay? Like, if, if, if you know, you don't want, uh, just say, just, let's just talk about, like, some of the, the, the crazy things that people don't want in their church, like uh, moving lights and smoke, okay? This, yeah. That's been the, the thing in church forever, right? <laughs> oh, you know, if you bring smoke in, the devil's coming in with it. Um, David had some smoke. At the, I did have some smoke. He had some haze at the conference. <laughs> um it was kind of nice. But what if we what if we take, took that same outlook about, okay, so we're going to just do it just like the disciples done it. Okay? Mm-hmm. We're going to put sandals on. Yeah. And we're going to walk. Yeah. To the other side of the country. But we have cars and buses and planes now. No. no. So we're just like, no, 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 no. Traditionally, they, they had yeah. sandals and they're going to walk. And that's the way we're going to do it because... That's the way they used well, to. Well, I mean, be. you're basically just the Amish people, then. Yeah. Right. And and how much more, how much more ministry could you get done because you use the technology that God provided and inspired in people? You yeah. know, um, and I think that a lot of time that the the church gets hung up for it. I think that the biggest thing is connecting the online presence to the body. Like that's the big thing. Like, like who are you out there? Who are you? Username, whatever yeah. you know, in in YouTube or Instagram. Like, who is that, and how do we get them connected to the body? And I think it's great that you're listening every week and you're being fed and all those things. But like, what's going on Monday through Saturday in your life? And is anybody there, to, you know, holding you accountable and, and feeding you uh, in, a, in a deeper level and, and being there for you when you go through a crisis and all those things. 
I think that's the like the gap that needs to be filled, you yeah. know. Um, and can you do that just online? Um, and maybe you can. I, I mean, maybe you could set up a a, a meta church. I don't. I don't know. That's even scary to even say, right? Because um, here I am, traditionally thinking, "Oh, you can't have a meta church," yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. But what if you could? Like, yeah. I mean, then you could have people from all over the world, all over the world, and you can virtually there, virtually like tuning in every single day and, and working through issues and having meta marriage counseling and meta, yeah, all these different things, right? Yeah. Why not? I don't. That sounds scary. But why not? Yeah. You know, if, if you know, the UFC is going to have a, a meta, you know, UFC that you can watch, you feel like you're there live. Why can't the church do the same thing? Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of crazy to even think of. Um, but yeah, but I think that we have to be able to look into the future instead of letting, instead of letting the secular lead the way that we figure out how that we can see what's going on and also lead the way on those things too. Yeah. Did anything else pop out to you what he was saying? I just my whole main thought of it is just I I think there's some bible verses that I can't remember word for word that would be perfect for this. But the idea of it is they're basically calling people who um are so romantic about like well back in my day we did this this is how we used to do. they're just, he's they're just like calling those people foolish and stupid yeah. basically and i think uh i mean i think that's what it is. i think we're just we always have to be focused on we have to be willing to embrace change and the new technologies the new culture the new everything be willing to embrace it and not so much fight it and you know, take the good out of it. You know, everybody always wants to talk about social media is so horrible. We've talked about this before. You know, it does all these bad things, but then you can also look at it and say, hey, social media is great because it connects all these people and you can do all these great things with it too. Um, so I just, you know, if so if you just block it off totally because it's got some bad stuff, you're going to miss out on a lot of good opportunity to reach a lot of people. And I think that's true with every aspect of technology, every aspect of new culture, all that kind of stuff. So, I think you got to be willing to embrace the new uh, and be working hard on how to do that properly while always being focused and grounded in, uh, you know, your core beliefs and, you know, what is what is Christianity, what is loving God, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, change the things that need to change. Don't change the things that don't need to change. Yeah, uh, that's good. That's kind of what I took from I think it. that, like, uh, the core beliefs is that's a, a perfect point. So. Yeah, because uh, most people don't know what they believe. They yeah. kind of do, and then they ju- their beliefs change constantly. Yeah, and that's what he was talking about, being so shallow, right? Yeah. Um, I think that, like, we have to have core beliefs and, and not have tradition just for tradition. Yeah. You know? Um, I think that there, you have the ability to do both. You have the ability to, to give the same information out, but in a new way. Mm-hmm. And I think every single generation has a new way that the, like, you're gonna start hearing preachers say cap and and, and whatever <laughs> no, no cap no cap and all Jesus this loves stuff. you, fam. No cap. Yeah, you're you're gonna hear that, right? <laughs> yeah. Why? Because that's what the culture is, and and that's how people understand people talking these days. And and then you find yourself texting these weird things and emojis and different uh-huh. things. That's because how that's how people communicate. And uh, and um, so, is it bad? 
Probably not. Like, what's what's it going to – why is F-A-M bad instead of spelling family out? Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's there's no difference, you know? You're saving a few keystrokes, and um, and then that's how the, this generation talks. It'd just be like, you know, somebody that's in their 90s trying to go up to somebody that's, like, 15 and telling them about the current culture, and they're going to mm-hmm. be like, man, you don't have no clue. Yeah. But if you come to them where they can hear you or they can they can like connect with you, uh, and that's why it's important that we all all have different roles, mm-hmm. you know, in the church. And that's why the Bible talks about um, every generation accomplishing something different. You know, the 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 old men are going to do this, and the younger men are going to do this, and mm-hmm. the, the the older ladies will do this, and because we all have a place, yeah, you know, we all need to fulfill those things. Um, uh, in, in our own walk, so everything gets accomplished, and 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 not um, something that I preach that I don't know if I'm I'm, I'm going to be very good at is uh, <laughs> sorry, nice. um, is making sure when you're when you're at a certain age, you you drop into that that role that you need to be in because. I see it. I see it in some of the older people in my life right now. They're still trying to fulfill the roles that I'm supposed to be fulfilling. Yeah. So if they're trying to fulfill those, then they're not allowing me to do the things that I should be doing as a man. And then they're creating a void for where they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not not only is it retarding the things that I'm supposed to be doing, but it's also creating a void that next step uh, for for them. Um, so. Yeah, I think it was very interesting. I, I like listening to those guys, especially those the the Spartan guys that they that's what they do. They they run studies constantly on um on Christianity and faith and stuff like that to hear their perspective on things. And um so what is that what is the Spotify for for the future for Christianity? Yeah. And I think that's that's the key and that's what we have to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. I hated that there was music playing the whole time they were talking. I yeah. hated that. There was a little, I think if it would have been okay, but it was just a little loud. I don't know. Like, I like music I, underneath, but there was a little loud. I guess I like it if it's a really short clip. It's fine, I guess. But it was, you know, it was the whole time. Yeah. And it was just a loop. That would just be like it us very having, having stuff under us the whole time. Yeah, just the whole time. That's what it was. The bass was too loud. I remember now. You know what we'll have in the background from now on? I think this is how we should do it. We should have me covering Sam Smith <laughs> in the background. <laughs> Underneath everything we say. I think that's what we'll do. And I think it'll really I think this is how we adapt. This is how we get this is what people want. They oh, want, this is it. They want music in the underneath. Um, they want to hear it when you're talking. It really helps them focus on what you're wow. saying. We just figured out how to so fill the So I think gap a little of me in the background. You don't think you know what you thought. I think that'll draw them in. I think that'll get them. Uh, I don't even call this dude right now. You won't even know. have to do any of the marketing no, stuff you're talking about. You just need to go home and record that. And then we'll send this out to every church in America. And this is going to fill the gap. Isn't it easier to listen what yeah, you're saying yeah, when you yeah, doing yeah. that? I was thinking better, too. Mm. Yeah. Yep. yep. We figured it out. We're we even play that during my prayer time and everything. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We love you. This is The Refuge Project.